Last week, we began a new series, series I'm very excited about. It's winning the race of life, winning the race of life. So this is part two. We began by reading the scripture out of 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7. I want to read that again. It says, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the course. I have kept the faith. And when you look at this word or this little phrase, the course in the Greek, in the New Testament, and it means the course of life. And I believe that through we have a race that we are running. And Paul said this at the end of his life, towards the he was getting towards the end. He knew that his time was just about up. And he was writing to Timothy, and he's saying, I have, I have done this. I have fought a good fight. I have finished the course. I have kept the faith. And when we get to the end, we want to be able to look back just like Paul and be able to say, I have kept the faith that I fought a good fight. There was nothing that stood in my way from doing what God had for me. I was able to accomplish the will of God for my life. And I want each of us looking at that and how Paul, he basically what he was saying is, is I ran well. I ran well. You know, I want us to be able to say that we ran well, that we did well. We, we did good. And last week, we, the number one key to winning the race of life last week that we did was to know who you are, to know who you are. It is so vital to know who we are in Christ and to understand that we are chosen by God, that you are the elect, the chosen of God. Jesus said in, in John 15, you haven't chosen me, but I have chosen you. I've chosen you to bear good fruit. There's, see, there's things that we're supposed to do. So he's chosen us to run this race of life. He's chosen us to be an overcomer. He's chosen us to be a giant slayer. And so we started comparing, we looked at Aesop's fable of the tortoise and the hare. And we know that how the, the fable goes, pretty much everybody's heard it. Basically, the tortoise wins the race over the hare, even though the hare is so much faster. He's got these hind legs, he can run, he's stronger, he's quicker, way, way faster. But yet, the tortoise still won. And just like when David went out to meet Goliath, and here's Goliath, nine and a half, ten foot tall, and here's six foot, maybe a few inches tall David, and we came up with those figures last week. You can look at that uh, you know, online if you missed last week. We talked about that. But David still persevered over Goliath. He was still able to win in this race. And so... I want to go over the number two key this morning to winning the race of life is to know where you are going, to know where you are going. Let's just pray one more time. Father, we just thank you and we just praise you for this morning. We thank you for your word. Lord, I thank you that you have shown us that we need to be giant slayers, that we need to be able to overcome in this race of life and be able to look back and say that we have run a good race and, Father, I think that we could just open up our hearts and our minds to you here this morning without distraction to be able to receive your word this morning. In Jesus' name, amen 
and amen. So number one, again, is to know who you are. And the second is to know where you are going. And in knowing who you are, you know, David knew who he was when he went out to face Goliath. He already knew ahead of time what was going to happen. And when Saul had asked him, he said, well, you are but a youth. And he said, you know, and this guy, Goliath, he's been a warrior from his youth. In other words, he's been around a long time. He's super big. And one of the manuscripts says that he is a man of vast bulk. So here he is. This guy is humongous. And here's David. He's nowhere near as big as Goliath. But yet David answered Saul and he said, I've killed a bear. I've killed a lion. The Lord was with me when I did that. And he'll be with me when I, you know, beat Goliath. Now, he didn't go into all these little strategies. He didn't go into all this, you know, stuff of how he was going to do it. No, he just basically said, look, I've done this, and I'm going to do this, and that's all there is to it. I can do it. And so Saul said, go ahead, and he went out. And then Goliath made a big mistake and cussed him. Just don't cuss a giant slayer. You don't, you don't do that. There was once, long, long time ago, when I was in high school, they're out in a shopping center, I was in front of a shopping center, I saw this big guy, he was picking on this little kid. And this little guy, I mean, I don't know, I guess he was in high school too, but he was just shorter, and the other guys were so much bigger. He just reached up, went up, I mean, and just clocked him right in the face. This guy, you know, stumbled backwards, and it was over. It was one hit, and this little guy, appearances are nothing. Let me tell you, that guy picked on the wrong little dude. He needed to find a different little dude. You know, and that's what you have to do to a bully. You just attack him straight on, right? You just pop him right in the mouth. And the enemy, he's a punk. Satan's nothing but a punk. He's a bully, and that's what he wants to do. He wants to keep you in your past. He wants to keep you down. He wants to keep you from going past any of the hurdles that he's put in front of your way. He wants to keep you from slaying the giants that he's put in your way. And he wants to tell you that you can't beat those Goliaths. He wants to tell you that you can't win. Oh, because of this, because of that, because of this. And there's always some sort of excuse, right, that the enemy gives you. And you just go, and go oh, well, you know, and sometimes you go, yeah, well, okay. We just, it's just always going to be this way. How many's ever said that before, you know? Well, it's just, it's always, and nothing's going to change. You know, some of us, sometimes we look at our bank account and we're like, oh, well, I guess it's just not going to change. <laughs> Well, there's no change in it. That's the problem, right? <laughs> we need to get some more change in it. But God can over, we can overcome any of those things. God can give us the ability and the strategies to do what we need to do. To know where you're going. The tortoise and the hare. When they raced, there was a destination that was set. It was called the winning post. The winning post. And so the race was to the winning post. So whoever gets to that winning post wins the race. And see, sometimes we race without a destination. Sometimes we're going and we don't know what's going on. I mean, you know, I mean, you know there's planners and there's procrastinators and then there's kind of the in-between. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. I mean, you know, you, the people who just are really laid back, and they just kind of just kind of going through life. If you ask them what's going to happen tomorrow, oh, I don't know. What you're doing tomorrow, okay, I don't know. Whatever. And then you got the people, they have their whole week planned. They even know every meal they're going to eat, you know. I mean, it's like they've got it all figured out. This is going to happen at this time, to this, to this. And they got this all scheduled out. Now, Carrie Ann's real scheduled out, my wife. She's one of these planners. She plans everything. 
And then when a monkey wrench gets into the plans, that bothers her. Now, she, she does really good at this point. She's gotten way, way better than from a long time ago. Me, you know, and when we were dating, when we were first dating, she would talk about the week and how, what we're going to do and this and that. And I, I just, I remember one time, I was like, can we just, just not worry about it and just let whatever happens going to happen? You know, school just got out. Let's just not worry about it. Let's just not worry about it. But that's just not her personality because everything's very organized and it's and it's all set and she's got goals. What she's done, she set she has set up all these little winning posts. All these little winning posts. Because see, sometimes we've got all these things going on during the week and there's small winning posts that we go and there's all these little races, little sprints, or maybe a small marathon that we run. But then we've got our dreams. We've got the thing that, you know, that maybe we have some dreams or some long-term goals, some things, you know, and those are those winning posts are we know that it, it's a really, really long marathon. So we have several winning posts in our life. See, this was just one race for the tortoise and the hare. See, the tortoise, you know, through his life, I'm sure there was going to be other winning posts. When you look at David and Goliath, David, when he was looking at Goliath, this was just one winning post. This was just one. David had so many more things to do in his life. This was just, quote, a bump in the road, right? This was just a little hurdle. And, and you know, we, we would look at it and, and all, because we're looking at all the Israelites and how afraid and how scared they were. We look at it and we're like, oh, my goodness, this is a super huge deal. Him going, you know. But, see, to David it was different. It was different. Because, see, he had a long-term goal, and he had a winning post that was way out here that he knew. See, he was anointed some years ago by Samuel to be king. And so he had that on his mind. And it says that the Lord was with him from that day forward. And so when the Lord is with you and you begin to feel him, and he's a different. The day that, that Samuel dropped that oil on his head, he became a different person. See, when God speaks to your heart and he gives you a dream and you know you're in your chasing that dream, you're a different person after that once you figure that out, once you know what you're doing. Now, I'm going to talk to my son. He's, you know, 16 years old. It's starting to get towards the end of high school here. He's going to do some dual enrollment with college. And we start talking about, okay, well, hey, your future, what's going to be going on? And he's starting to figure some things out. You know, a year ago, he didn't know as much as he knows now. There's a bunch of I don't knows. Now, he still has some I don't knows, but I'm trying to get him to think and start thinking towards winning posts, and he's doing that, and he's got some things set up in his mind and some goals and things that he wants to do. And that's, you know, he's got the long term that he's starting to think about now, not just little everyday stuff or during the week. He's got long-term goals now. And David, he was one who knew his winning post. And what they were, and as he was going through them, and winning, but different ones will pop up in your life. I'll give you an example. Carrie Ann and I, and, and this this is not, you know, an easy thing. We have a dream. I have dreamed a dream, right? We have a dream that all four of our children that we will be able to homeschool all four, and that they will all graduate. Now we just said we didn't know we had four. We just, you know. That we were, when Joshua, when she got started homeschooling with Joshua and then with Sarah, that, hey, our kids, this is what we want. This is our dream. God put this in our heart. God spoke it to us. Hey, it may not be for everybody. We were cool with that. We, we're we totally, you know, 
God told us to do this. This is our dream. Now, it's not an easy thing. Let me just say that one more time. It's not an easy thing. And, you know, when you're going through, I, I can tell you there has been many tears. <laughs> because it's one thing to know what you want and, and, and where you're going, and it's another thing to carry it out and actually do it. It's another thing. You know, you get started and you start get started when there's, you know, there's this five-year-old, six-year-old, and you're starting to do kindergarten or preschool or whatever it is. And when they say, I don't want to do this, what do, you, what, what do you do now? You know, and they start pushing back against you, and then you're having to, you got to work through this. And, one, and they, they don't want to do this or they don't want to do that. And then you got this struggle, and you got this thing going on. And then the work gets hard, and then it's, you know, and it's just, oh, and then when the schedule gets off because this happens or that, I mean, it's, it, there's so many challenges with doing that. And now there's four, and we've got two in high school and two that are in younger grades, and we've got to juggle all these schedules and these different subjects and all that. It's a full-time thing, let me just tell you. It's a full-time thing, especially for my wife. I'm just the principal. She just yells when, you know, if they need to go to the principal's office, they come to, you know, they come to me. So I'm the principal. But see, there's all these, and let me tell you, she has this schedule for everybody each week and has all the subjects and the times when they're to start, when they're to finish. All this is written out. And it has to be very organized, and you have to be able to get through so that you can stay on track. And these are all these little winning posts for her during the week to get to the ultimate dream, the ultimate winning post at the end where they graduate from homeschooling, right? And so there's many along the way. And so whatever your dreams are, whatever they may be, and for David, he knew God put it on his heart. The oil was dumped on him. He's going to be king. He's going to be king. Now, let's look. 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 44. And this is when the Philistine, you know, the Goliath was talking to David here. He had gone out to meet him. And the Philistine also said to David, come to me and I will give your flesh to the birds of the sky and the beasts of the field. Then David said to the Philistine, you come to me with a sword, a spear and a javelin. But I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the enemies of Israel, whom you have taunted. This day the Lord will deliver you up into my hands and I will strike you down and remove you from you remove your head from you. See, you have to have this kind of attitude to win the race of life, to win on these little winning posts that we have that we set up. You have to have an attitude that you're going to beat beat, uh, beat this thing or that thing, and you're going to get past that winning post no matter what. And I will give the dead bodies. Now, here he's talking again. Now, here's another. See, one winning post was Goliath. Here's another winning post right here. And I will give the dead bodies of the army of the Philistines this day to the birds of the sky and the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel, and that all this assembly may know that the Lord does not deliver by sword or by spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands. And so David's winning post was not just one winning post. It wasn't just Goliath. It was the whole Philistine, it says the host of the Philistine army, that was behind him. And so he was basically saying, I'm going to beat you, and then I'm going to beat all you guys that are behind you. That's what he was saying. In other words, we're all going to come, 
I'm going to kick your butt, and then we're all going to kick y'all's butt. Now, here's what happened. He goes out, and we know Goliath loses his head, just like David said. You're going, I'm going to cut your head off. So he cut his head off. And then, let's get to 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 51. After that, therefore, David ran and stood upon the Philistine and took his sword and drew it out of the sheath thereof and slew him and cut off his head therewith. And when the Philistines saw their champion was dead, they fled. Now everybody's running. And the men of Israel and Judah arose and shouted and pursued the Philistines until thou come to the valley to the gates of Ekron, and the wounded of the Philistines fell down by the way to Sherem, even unto Gath and unto Ekron. And the children of Israel returned from chasing after the Philistines, and they spoiled their tents. And David took the head of the Philistine and brought it to Jerusalem, but put his armor in his tent. Now, let's note something here. The Philistines were running. Now, what was what was his what were the winning post? Goliath and then all of the Philistines. But if you notice, it says the wounded fell down at these certain places. It didn't say that all of that host behind were all wiped out, did it? It didn't say they were all gone. See, sometimes we've got these, you know, winning posts and we've got these long term things that are out here. And sometimes it can take a little longer than we think. And see, sometimes that's where disappointment can set in. But how did David respond? Did he get in disappointment and upset because he didn't kill every single one of them? Because remember, he said, this day. This day. See, he set up two winning posts that were going to happen that day. One was totally fulfilled and the other one almost, right? We're not sure. We don't have the numbers on how many fell and how many didn't, but we know not all of them fell because they were chasing them. The wounded fell, but they chased them all, and they, some of them got away. We don't know how many. So he had two winning posts set up. See, the first one, I believe, and this is just a side note, the first one, I believe, he was coming out because the Lord had already used him to kill a lion and a bear, and he knew he was going to be able to kill Goliath. And he had him down. But see, David already had a kingly anointing on him. And see, so when he was talking about we're going to kill all those Philistines behind you and feed you to the wildlife, that was the kingly anointing coming out and what he was saying and what he was speaking. Even though it didn't happen just how he wanted, it wasn't going to be that day. He was already projecting. And he was already saying, now you'll see the Philistines and the different and throughout the chapters there, you know, they had lots of battles and they, they, they did a lot of kicking of some Philistine butts. I mean, just, just, just lots of it. Matter of fact, here, not too long from now, you, you know, David goes out and Saul said, you know, you go give me uh, 200 foreskins of the Philistines foreskins. I'll let you, you know. He brought back 200 foreskins, and then Saul gave him his daughter to be married. That's, <laughs> this is a mighty man of God. This is a man who had an anointing on him because he had gotten a word from God saying, you're going to be king. And he was able to stand and face Goliath and go after the Philistines. And he wasn't finished. Even though it didn't happen that day, he still celebrated. Now, what did he do? Let's look back. Verse 50, 
4. And David took the head of the Philistine and brought it to Jerusalem. Okay? Put his armor, but put his armor in in the tent. So even though many of these Philistines got away, he's still celebrating. He's bringing back God. Everybody's cheering. Everybody's all excited. He's celebrating that winning post. We've got to learn to celebrate our winning post. We've got to learn to celebrate our victories. Even though everything may not happen exactly like we say it or we see it or, you know, there's going to be some things we may not be able to see it all. And so we can't get too disappointed or down or this or that. We can't allow the enemy to say, see, this didn't happen, this didn't happen like you thought it was going to and, and whatever. Look, God may put on your heart to start up a small business. This is a good example. Let's come up with one. Okay, you're going to start a small business. You're going to start uh, an ice cream shop. That sounds good to me. I'll be your first customer. You just let me know when you're open. I'll be there on opening day. I promise. I promise. But you're going to start up an ice cream shop. You've got this dream. And you dream of ice cream. And when you lay your head down at night, you're just thinking ice cream. Just like me. So you're you're thinking, I'm, I want to serve people ice cream. I want to do this thing. You know, I just, I want to be around ice cream. Ice cream's my thing. And I want to do an ice cream shop. Well, then you start looking into what it's going to cost to start up this business. But you know you're supposed to do it because God's told you. And then you look at the cost and you go, oh, man. Look, it can be over before you even begin. It can be over before it even begins. If God said it, then he'll do it. And so you've got to look at the hurdles and the different winning posts that are in your way or that are there on the path, and you've got to look at the hurdles and the giants, and you've got to be able to overcome those hurdles and giants so that you're opening up a successful small business ice cream shop where people are coming through there around the clock. So there's going to be hurdles. There's going to be giants. There's going to be things in your way. But if you look at the, you know, you have a dream. Oh, it sounds so good. It's so easy. Let me tell you something, church. It's easy to dream. It's not as easy to fulfill the dream. It's not so easy. David found that out on this day because he said, this day, they're all going to get wiped out. It wasn't so easy because some of them had some fast feet. (laughs) Some are running. You know, it's like ants scattering all over the place. Man, They're going back to the gates of their cities, and some of them made it. So it wasn't so easy to feed them all to the wildlife on that day. But did that discourage him? Did that keep him down? He said, no. This winning post will just turn into a little bit longer of a winning post. I'll get you another day. I'll get you another day. And so when we look at these things, we've got to be able to go through these and not allow these these little hindrances to keep us back. Write this down if you're taking notes. Unmet expectations can lead to stress. Unmet expectations can lead to stress. You know, isn't that just so true when you think about it? Sometimes we set ourselves up for failure because we expect so much, and when it doesn't happen exactly like we thought it was going to happen, then we start getting stressed about it. We start getting upset. We start getting discouraged. We may be getting down. But see, to win the race of life, 
you've got to keep your eyes on where you're going. This is the, the second key is to know where you're going. And to know where you're going, you always have to look at that finish line. No matter what's in between here and there, you have to be looking at that finish line. You have to keep your eye on that. And knowing that I'm going to get through no matter what. I'm going to read this from my notes. This is from a, a statement from Mort Orman. He's an MD. He said this, When we consciously or unconsciously harbor expectations that are much too high, we set ourselves up for failure. As a result, we end up feeling frustrated, angry, and personally demoralized. On the other hand, when our expectations about ourselves, about life, or about others are too low, we experience decreased self-expression, underachievement, depression, resignation, and diminished self-esteem. So some of us will set our expectations too low because we've been burned before and we're like, oh, I don't want to do that again. But see, that'll just keep you in a row. It'll keep you down and you're really not going anywhere. So you have to raise up to a certain level. You have to raise up and, and look at the word and what, the word that you got and go for those winning posts. However, at the same time, just like it says in Galatians, don't be weary in well-doing, right? Don't be weary in well-doing. Take your time knowing, allow God to lead and direct you. Stay in the word of God. The word says it'll be a light unto your path. That's what Proverbs says. You know, that, you know, the word of God will light your path. We should always be able to find joy during the race, not just at the end of it. Isn't that true? You know, we've got so many different things that we go through, and it may not be the way we thought it was going to be, but we can still keep our joy because the joy of the Lord is supposed to be my strength. It's the joy of the Lord that's supposed to keep me through. And we've got to know and realize that there's the race consists of several sprints and marathons along the way. And we've got many winning posts to cross, not just one. We've got many. And sometimes the race may change a little. One race may get rained out. That's okay. We can just switch. We get on gear and get on track and keep in the word of God and don't allow ourselves to get down. I'll give you one more example of unmet expectations, something real simple. You're pulling up to Walmart, and you, you, you've got in your mind, you're going to be in and out. You just got one thing to get. And you're thinking in your mind, I'm in and out five minutes. Be right back, honey. And you leave them in the car. You get out of the car, and you go in, and right away, you look over at the lines, and they're way backed up, and you're going, uh, and then you go get your item. You say, well, maybe by the time I get there, it'll be a little bit. It wasn't better. You're going through the line. It gets down, and there's one person in front of you, and all the lines are way back up, and they get ready, and they have a problem with one of the items. And you know that little thing, they, the little switch, the little switch goes on, and the light starts to blink. Oh, we need a manager now to come and help out. And you've already been in there 25 minutes, and you thought you were going to be five. Friend, you need the grace of God at that moment. Because, see, you had an expectation when you came in. But, see, when it's an unmet expectation, are you going to get angry, frustrated at that, or are you going to stand on the word and stay patient? Isn't that so true? It's, it's real true. And it's, it's, it can be tough to be real Christ-like in a situation like that. I remember I was at the store one time, and, I'm backed up in this line, and 
the cash the lady for the cash register she's gonna go turn the the thing on you know for to open up a new one and you know I've been there for a while you know in the good cash register people they will come and take you and say okay you come over here the ones that just flip on the switch and everybody come and then all the people that's that's behind you they just I mean it's like a mad stampede you know what I'm saying. She flips that little light on, and, and maybe you didn't notice right away, or you said, oh, okay, well, maybe. And I mean, they're already right. You can't even get your stuff. You can't move. You're, you, so you're hosed. And you're thinking, man, I've been here. Really? It's hard to be Christ-like sometimes. Unmet expectation. The other thing that we need to win this race of life we got to know where we're going. And, and when we're going along the way, we need a cheering section. We need a cheering section. You know, the tortoise and the hare of the fable doesn't say that there were other animals cheering on the tortoise. You know, like some other wildlife out there, some squirrels be like, hey, what's up, turtle, go, turtle, go, turtle. You know, we don't know that for sure, but I bet there probably was. Okay, there was probably some other people cheering on the tortoise, because they were probably all tired of the hare's mouth. Remember, he was bragging, he's doing all this and that. David, he had a cheering section. His name was Jonathan. First Samuel chapter 18, verse 1. And it came to pass when he had made an end of speaking unto Saul that the soul of Jonathan was knit with the soul of David. And Jonathan loved him as his own soul. And Saul took him that day and, and would let him go no more home to his father's house. Then Jonathan and David made a covenant because he loved him as his own soul. And Jonathan stripped himself of the robe that was upon him and gave it to David and his garments, even to his sword and to his bow and to his girdle. So there was somebody that loved David. God put Jonathan in David's life to help him get past his winning post. From here on, because David was on a journey. I believe Jonathan knew something. He was drawn to the anointing that was on David. When God gives you a word and the anointing comes upon you to do a thing, people will attract to you. You will attract people. Let's begin to read in chapter 19. In the first verse, I want to read something else about Jonathan. And Saul spake to Jonathan his son and to all his servants that they should kill David. Now, Saul had gotten, you know, upset and jealous, just to fill you in here before we keep reading. Saul had gotten jealous, and, you know, the Spirit of the Lord had left Saul, and the Spirit of the Lord was on David. Saul was all angry because all the people, when David come back from battle, oh, David killed tens of thousands, and Saul has only killed his thousands. And that just, Saul just burned with jealousy. He was mad. He was angry. He was upset. And so now he was always conspiring conspiring to kill David or put David in position so he would be killed. But Jonathan, Saul's son, verse 2, delighted much in David. And Jonathan told David, saying, Saul, my father, seeketh to kill thee. Now, therefore, I pray thee, take heed to thyself until the morning and abide in a secret place and hide thyself. And I will go out and stand beside my father in the field where thou art. And I will commune with my father of thee and what I see that I will tell thee. And Jonathan spake good of David unto, unto Saul, his father, and said unto him, Let not the king sin against his servant, against David, because he hath not sinned against thee, and because his works have been to thee uh, word very good. For he did put his life in his hand and slew the Philistine 
And the Lord wrought a great salvation for all Israel. Thou saw it and didst rejoice. Wherefore then wilt thou sin against innocent blood to slay David without a cause? And Saul hearkened unto the voice of Jonathan, and Saul sware, as the Lord liveth, he shall not be slain. And Jonathan called David, and Jonathan showed him all those things. And Jonathan brought David to Saul, and he was in his presence as in times past. See, Jonathan went to battle on David's behalf. And see, the question we need to ask ourselves, do we have somebody that's standing in the gap for us? Do you have somebody that's standing in the gap for you? Do you have somebody that you trust that can go to war with you, that can help and be there for you and encourage you and lift you up? See, Jonathan was there for David. Now, this 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 temper, this thing here with Saul, this this was temporary, and Saul rose up again, and he, you know, was gone. And Jonathan was warning David, would warn David, and David would get away. Jonathan went to battle on David's behalf. Do we have someone? Do you have someone who will go to war with you? Do you have someone who will defend you in the way that Jonathan did for David? Maybe you don't have somebody to cheer for you. Maybe you don't have somebody who's on your side. Maybe you don't. I know somebody who is, and that's God Almighty. Amen? We have the Lord. The Holy Spirit leads and guides us into all truth. So if there's somebody, you don't have somebody in your cheering section yet, you've got the Lord. Rely on the Lord. Rely on the Lord. Husbands, you need to encourage your wives. You need to be there for them. You need to encourage them. You need to lift them up always, always. Wives, you need to encourage your husbands. You need to be there for them. Encourage them. Tell them they're going to make it. No matter what they're going through, you're going to make it, baby. You're going to make it, baby. Don't try to fix it all the time. Sometimes you just need to listen. I heard some women say amen. Just listen and tell them they're going to make it. In closing, I want to go back to 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7. So I fought the good fight. I have finished the course. I have kept the faith. And let's add verse 8. In the future, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all who have loved his appearing. Isn't that so good? In other words, when we fight the good fight, when we finish the course, there's a reward waiting for us from the Lord. God wants us to have the attitude of David. He wants us to be a giant slayer. He doesn't want us down in the dumps, discouraged, upset. Yeah, things happen and we may get down a little bit. But we need to be able to pick ourselves up, dust ourselves off, look at the Word of God, stand on it, and keep pressing towards our winning post. Amen? How many's got a winning post you know you need to get past? And there may be some stuff in your way. Let's all stand. We need to get past some of these winning posts. Next week, we're going to try to get two keys in next week. You do not want to miss next week. There's two other, two others that we have that I believe are really crucial. Know where you're going. Do you know where you're going? Maybe you're here and you're like, I don't even really know. I just feel like I'm in a rut. I don't know what's going on. You need that anointing oil dumped on you just like Samuel dumped on David. You might be at that spot where you need some vision. You need to be able to see 
past today. And you need to have that goal and that, that winning post there to be able to chase, to be able to race, to be able to go. But maybe you already know what they are and, and you know, there's been all these hindrances in the way and you've just kind of maybe given up. God wants you to pick up and get back in the race again. Amen. God wants you to get into that race. Wherever you're at right now, I want to pray and I want to cover all of, excuse me, all of those things. Can we do that right now? Let's lift our hands. If you're in need of any of those things, let's just lift your hand right now. Father God, this morning we thank you for your presence. Lord, I thank you. You've given us the ability to be a giant slayer. We just have to be able to stand on your word. We have to believe your word, first of all, knowing that you are God. You are the great I am. There is nothing impossible without you, Father God. Hallelujah. There's nothing possible without you, Father God. We can do all things through Christ which strengthens us. We can get through circumstances, bad circumstances, Lord, that, that are in our way. We can get through those with joy. Lord, I thank you, Lord, that we are blessed. I say that I am blessed. I say that you are blessed right now in the name of Jesus. I say that you will get to your winning post that you have this day. I'll say, I say that you get to your winning post that you have set up for this week. I say that you get to your winning post that you have set up in your life in the years ahead. Lord, I thank you that we are winning the race, that we are running, we are on the winning side. Lord, I just thank you for your anointing coming on each one that has their hands raised right now, just as Samuel anointed David. I thank you that you're pouring out a kingly anointing right now on each one that has their hand raised to you, Father God, that we would be able to be that giant slayer that you've called us to be, that we'd be able to say confidently, just as David said, you are going down this day. Every obstacle is going down right now. You just speak it out. I want you to speak it out right now to that obstacle. You just name that obstacle right now. Whatever's on your mind right now, you know the thing that's in your way. I just, just can't come against it right now in the name of Jesus. If that hurdles depression, I just break depression off of you right now in Jesus' name. If that depress, if it's discouragement, I break discouragement right now. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Yeah, just speak it out right now. We just come against every hindrance that keeps us from fulfilling the will of God in our life. Father God, if there's those that do not know where they're running, Lord, I thank you for giving them fresh revelation this day so that they will know where they are going without a shadow of a doubt, that they would be able to stand on your word and be able to look at that finish line and say, that's where I'm going. Lord, I thank you that we keep our eyes ahead. We don't look to the left. We don't look to the right. We don't look behind. We leave our past behind us in Jesus' name. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I break every single hindrance right now off of you in the name of Jesus. Lord, I speak prosperity. I thank you, Lord, that each one prospers right now. Finances, Lord, where finances is an issue, I thank you for blessing them with finances. Lord, where uh, it's people that are in the way that, 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 that has caused us to bring us down. Lord, I thank you for solving every issue and bringing and restoring relationships right now. Lord, I thank you for restoring marriages. I thank you for restoring children with their, with their parents, Father God, in the right relationship with you. Lord, we just call unsaved loved ones into your fold right now. you got an unsaved loved one, and it's one of those winning posts that you've seen and you've been praying and you know that there's someone that needs to be saved that's in your life. Call that person out by name right now. We just call out every family member that needs to be saved, every friend, every close friend, every high school person that we grew up with that we know needs to be saved. We just call them out right now. We stand in the gap and we say that they are saved in Jesus' name by faith and we will not give up on that race. We will not give up on them. We will continue to pray for them. 
We will continue to put them at your feet, Lord, in Jesus' name. Father, we give you praise, going on, honor. Hallelujah.